It's been I a know. while for me, too. I, I haven't been on a live, a podcast. Uh, it's been a while, too, so it's good. Getting back in the mix together. <laughs> totally. Yeah. This is like um, harvesting time. So there harvest go. time, yeah. right? Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. Good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to In the Act, a radio program on process and the creative life. Creativity does not just start and stop with artists. We all make aesthetic or guiding decisions. Our aim is to talk through the process and investigate how we choose to express ourselves and to live creatively. We're connecting with people about their lives, and that is the subject of our show. Broadcasting from Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin on Mead Community Radio, I am Erica Hunsinger, and this is In the Act. And today's guest on In the Act is Nina Soul. Hey, guys. Nina Soul here with the House of Spiritual Vibes. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so happy you're here. I wanted to have you on because I think it's so important to share people's stories and experiences in this community specifically, but, you know, the wider world as well. And we have, like, ties in Chicago, and I was wondering if we could start off with you kind of telling a little bit about yourself and, like, how you kind of got to where you're at right now. For sure. Like, yeah, yeah. That is in like, uh, like life or. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> There's so it? many little, places it, I'm at. <laughs> you can. Yeah. All right. So whatever makes sense and what pops out to you that okay. you think will be valuable. Okay. You know, I mean, not that everything is really, but we only have. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I could say definitely being born in a small town. Um, try to travel as much as you can. Try to get out there as much as you can. Try to experience things. With my life, I've been very blessed to be able to travel. Um, not, I'm not saying like leaving the country or anything, but I have been able to travel to places outside of my small town to get, um, you know, to to experience cultures, to, you know, to yes. live in certain situations and even um, develop skills because of experiencing those things. So definitely if you are born in a small town, um, I, I would give you the advice to see what else is out there. Try living in a city, you know, do the oh, opposite yeah. of small town. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was born in a small town, moved to, uh, I moved to Texas, moved around to tex between Texas and Chicago a lot. Oh. Spent most of my life in Chicago. Okay. Um, ended up coming back here in 2020 uh, when the pandemic and there was wow. a lot of political stuff going on in Chicago at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it became very dangerous for businesses uh, in the area because there was a lot of looting going on. Um, buildings were being burned down. Vehicles were being blown up. It was a crazy time in Chicago. And I was right in the mix of all of it. So wow. I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize that. Where yeah. were you located? Uh, w well, my business was located in Pilsen at the time. Sure. Uh -huh. um, you know, which, uh, and a lot of our police in Chicago were going to places like downtown, mm -hmm. um, you right. know, to kind of like protect everybody, everybody around there. Well, then it kind of left like communities um, like Pilsen and, uh, you know, other areas where it's majority people of color to kind of yeah. fend for ourselves. Right. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of things going on, but you, at that time, um, there was a lot of people that kind of like made peace amongst each other for that moment. And it was amazing to see it because these are people that have been fighting over neighborhoods for yeah. a really long time and they depended on each other to kind of lock things down and keep everybody safe because a lot of these businesses are owned by their moms, their, you know, grandparents, right. their, you know, so um, a lot of people kind of banded together in the community and it was, it was beautiful to see in the times that we were at. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely something about, um, Definitely something about having the same experience that you go through that mm -hmm. bonds you with other people yeah. that may not be like-minded. I think that's a, a really interesting platform to jump off of oh, or from. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Well, 
how did you decide to come to Sheboygan? Um, so my family was still here in Sheboygan. I would come and visit a lot. Like I would, well, not I don't want to say a lot because you know holidays stuff like that. Sure. I would come and see them. Yeah. So I would see the changes that were going on in Sheboygan. You know, I would see that oh, you know, they got a Dunkin' here now. What? Right. <laughs> like, you know, right. there were things that were like popping up that I'm like, oh, like there's some things that are happening here. You right. know. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, coming here in 2020, um, you know, during that time, we weren't able to like, I wasn't able to like, we weren't able to socialize or, you know, meet right. up with people or anything. So I was very much in hermit mode, which was really good. I, I feel like it was a really good way for me to kind of acclimate back into this environment. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, being in the city for so long and then coming back into a small town. Yeah. And thankfully, this town has has uh, been really working on, you know, becoming more diverse. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was it was really nice to kind of come back. And I still feel like I brought a piece of something that was needed here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's almost like coming back to where I where I very first started. You know, wow, like full, for, circle. full circle, yeah. But with with gathered, with gathered, gathered knowledge, gathered experience, gathered culture, gathered all of that. Like it's it's almost like I went to go and harvest these things. And now that we're talking about harvesting, yeah, um, I went to go harvest these things, and I literally brought it back to share it with everybody. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. such a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like in in like origin story too kind of backpedaling a tiny bit like your your focus the spiritual vibes the mm-hmm. this store is it of the same sort of nature that it was in Chicago and like how was it born I was okay so it, spiritual vibes started in 2013 okay um so I literally started as a vendor six foot table I, I at the time because you just had a, interest in it, like yeah. growing up, like that was like your well, yeah, born draw. born into uh, born into witchcraft, born into it's okay. very rooted in our culture. So a lot of like people of color, a lot of indigenous people, um, were very like dedicated to our ancestors, to our deities, our gods, our goddesses, our angels, whatever it is that you want to call them. Yeah, but we have a very strong bond and relationship with these things growing up, right out of you know like just coming into the world it's like you know right away spirituality is introduced to us wow um so to being raised in it we don't know that it's not a thing um you know i just knew there was a lot like my mom didn't want people coming over to the house like i couldn't have friends come to the house because at the time i didn't i didn't really think about it now that i look at it my mom's got altars everywhere you know so literally the the living room there's a shrine the you know there's there's altars everywhere in my mom's house and i grew up like that right me it was never anything that we had to be careful of or Mm -hmm. You know, but with my mom, she tried really hard to kind of like protect us because we already dealt with a lot as as a child growing up Mm -hmm. um, in a small town that wasn't at the time wasn't diverse, wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole I was probably like we're probably the only brown family on our block. Yeah. So um, there was still a lot going on (laughs) back in those days. uh, I was picked on for being a person of color. So I think that my mom wanted to kind of keep us from being as different from Mm -hmm. other people as, you know, um, it was like, let's not tell them those things. Yeah. Yeah. She also had it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't be too loud. Don't be too in whatever way, like voice. Right. Space. Yeah. 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 Right. And then even with like foods, like my mom was really weird about like having my friends eat over um, because my friends, a lot of them, you know, they weren't people of color. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, what are we eating? And like my mom would get like so annoyed because she's like, not every food has a name. <laughs> because we grew up, we grew up where it's like she had to throw things together because my mom was a struggling single mother with five kids. You know, she had to yeah. work on trying to feed all of us. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we we grew up, uh, you know, low income. We grew up struggling. We grew up, you know, some days we didn't have like milk or we didn't have you know so there was a lot of like lack as a child growing up yeah so I kind of learned the skills of how to make 
do with what you have, Mm -hmm. um, which is something that really comes in handy, like growing up, like even as an adult, like to be adaptable. Absolutely. Um, And and I feel like that's something else that was like instilled in us without us even knowing it or realizing it. Right. Because, of course, we would hear the adult talk like, you know, Mm -hmm. we'd hear, oh, you know, we don't got this. We don't got that. And, you know, it kind of like. As kids, and I feel like a lot of adults don't realize how much kids really, like, listen and understand. And maybe they don't understand at that moment, but as they grow older and they yeah. start to learn more, they kind of reflect back on those things of, now that makes sense. Now I understand. But right. kids are very, they're very intelligent. They're very smart. So, like, Absolutely. parents, if you're thinking, like, oh, my kid is too young to know anything, they're not. And they will one day be at an age where they'll be able to know what it was that was actually going on or what was being said. Right. They assimilate at their own yeah. level, for sure. Yeah. They take that in. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Spiritual Vibes started in 2013. Uh, let's see. When I, in 2013, I was kind of at like a, you know, like I said, like growing up poor, even as like a, you know, my teens, my young adult, you know, I was even struggling when I started my business. Yeah. So I didn't have materials to buy art supplies, to buy paints, to buy canvases. I didn't have none of that. So what I did have was I had um, magazines. I had aluminum from cans. I had, so I made jewelry out of all these things. I would roll the paper into beads. I would cut aluminum and like, you know, I'd cut plastic up and melt the plastic down and turn it into like I would make stuff out of stuff that was being thrown out absolutely um, wow beautiful yeah oh, I'd love to see those yes yeah, so I have some of my old pieces I have to show you like yeah. some of the things of like 2013 so I was vending at like these events which is why I host events now because I feel like it's my way of like you know, kind of giving back. But uh, I was a vendor and I had met, um, I call her my fairy godmother. I had <laughs> met this wonderful woman. Her name is Heidi. Shout out to Heidi, fairy godmother. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, she uh, She's seen like potential in me. So she was um, somebody that really like invested in me. Uh, she had a business where um, it was a spiritual business uh, that she had kind of like stepped away from. Um, and she wanted to invest in me because she seen that I had potential. She she like loved my enthusiasm because yeah. I've always been like, let's do it. Let's get it. You know, <laughs> so she's like, well, I'm going to pass this stuff on to you, you know. And um, of course, I like paid her for the supplies, but she yeah. really like helped me out as far as like getting me ahead. Um, I've wow. been very blessed and fortunate to come across people within my journey that kind of do that for me. That's how I know that it's like. When you become spiritually aligned and you're on your path in your destiny, there will be people that help you along the way. It's a lot like the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. A lot like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's a lot like that, that yellow brick road. That's your, that's your, (laughs) that's your divine path. And you will come into, you will come, you will run into people that will help you along the way. You will run into people that will challenge you along the way. But I was very blessed to have Miss Heidi that she invested in me to be able to help me get started. So in 2015, um, I had opened a kiosk in Chicago uh, at the hip. Because I had talked to my cousin about my business ideas and stuff. She's like, oh, she's like, don't even bother trying to call the mall because they're going to charge you like 1300 for rent oh, for wow. a booth and blah, blah, blah. She's like, I know I've looked into it. Well, she wasn't wrong. But the thing is, is that I just so happened to speak to the manager of the hip, which is Harlem and Irving Plaza. It's a pretty uh, big mall over there yeah. in the Chicago area. Yep. Um, so I reached out, uh, it ju- I just so happened to talk to a manager of the mall at the time that was into yoga, into meditation, into spirituality. She's like, this mall needs this. Oh. She's like, so instead of paying 1300 a month, you'll pay me 500 a month. Wow. So boom, another, another person I met on the yellow brick road. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, I, it's so, <clears throat> I'm so glad that you're you know, doing these shout outs to to these pillar people in your life and on your journey, you know, starting with your mother and like that she's a strong base for you Mm. that that taught you, but, you know, taught you through like osmosis, right? Like that you like strength. Yeah. She taught me endurance. She taught me strength. She taught me 
um you know like they're well my mom was real hard like she's well she's still i talk about her she's still she's still real hard like she's not a very emotional nurturing she's more of a like you know you gotta g through everything like right. when i say g through you gotta like be a gangster about everything right because yeah. life is hard yeah <laughs> so that's how she raised me right well yeah. and then that like that passion and that like drive you know mm-hmm. i i can't help but hear like see dorothy now like yeah. you know yeah. like you as dorothy like on this right. path but that you know it's like those 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 uh um, integral pieces of like that the passion, yeah. the belief, but that it always takes community. It always takes like, you know, as much as we, you know, have to ultimately do things on our own, that there are people around us that will come into our lives if we're open to it and and mm-hmm. flexible. And, you know, I think you have such a generosity of spirit and compassionate. Uh, when I think of you, those are two really big elements uh-huh. that I that I experience with you. And I think that goes a long way. I think those yeah. like that sort of openness and connectedness down to yourself as well mm-hmm. also is allows for that potential relationships to come in and oh, out for sure. of your life. I love it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And like you said, like those people coming into your life, I don't feel like there was ever a time that I looked for those people. Yeah. And I feel like when you look for those people, I feel like you could run into like lessons instead of like a blessing, you know? Yeah. So it's like if you just focus on what you need to focus on, those people will come into your life. Like you don't even have to look for them. Just know that they'll come into your life. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back in. Nice. <laughs> nice. Did you say somewhat? It's been a while. I know. I know. I know. It's good. It's good. It's good. So glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. This is In the Act. I am Erica Hunsinger, and we are here with Nina, Nina Soul. Soul. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Oh, I love it. We were like Nina in Soul. synchronicity. I was like yeah, singing. Yeah, Soul. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Um, and I thank you for sharing about your story, like some, you know, early experiential and kind of your your life story in that. Yeah. And I was wondering if um, you could uh, – we ended the last – uh, piece with like that you don't have to just stay on your path just, just do what you need path. to do yep. and um allow for things to come in while you're on that path mm-hmm. right and that goes with everything like if you start to look at life and start to tell yourself i don't chase i attract you like there's there's so many things that will because when you think about what you would chase and what you would choose for yourself what if what the universe has in store for you is more than what you're you're looking for? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how um how do you do that? So uh, how do how, I do how that? would you yeah, how do you do it? <laughs> well, for the what? sake of being on the show, I won't go into too much of what I do. But, sure. Um, yeah. uh, but um meditation, uh anything yeah. that you can do to kind of like keep you chill. You know, so I mean, you know, there's there's other things that you could use, herbs, things like that, Um, essential oils. There's there's so many ways to like just kind of like keep yourself cool and chill. And grounds you. And ground yourself, especially as women. We can be very emotional and we can act out of emotion. Okay. So we need to find a chill pill. What you know, a a good, a healthy chill pill, like Mm -hmm. um, of ways to be able to, and then and it it becomes an exercise like anything else. When you're building muscle, when you're exercising, it's hard at first, right? You know, but once you start to develop the skill and you develop the muscle, right, you'll have a better like. Oh, hold on, I'm starting to get emotional. Let me pull back on this. Um, being okay with telling people that you need time to think about it before making a decision. I always oh, say, let me marinate on it. such a good one. It. Can you say that again? <laughs> I always say, let me marinate on it. I'll get back to you. Yeah. You know, like I always say that because I, I feel like maybe I might come up with a question and like I would hate to put myself in a position where it's like, well, you know, I've already committed. Yeah. But I should have asked more questions. Yes. You know? Yeah. 
And I feel like as women, we tend to forget that we do we do carry masculine energy within us. Oh, yeah. So definitely using that masculine energy to kind of put ourselves in check, you know, like, oh, no, like, you know, this is a time for us to be strong and rational and and create a plan um because that's our that's our masculine energy then our our feminine energy is more for like compassion love nurturing um you know those those type of things they both serve a purpose but we're made of both so why not utilize both energies yeah we're all made of both yeah yeah so mm-hmm. that's kind of where it becomes like oh i don't chase i attract okay you know so our masculine kind of has to check our feminine and be like hey don't forget we don't need what 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 is for us will come to us. Gotcha. Yeah. I I love the idea that that meditation is one of the ways in which mm-hmm. you ground. I um have to take baths to ground. Yeah. That's my grounding. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I have too much fire sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like need to soak in some mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Um and use that as meditation and you know, when you're talking about like creating a muscle, creating that like system that you can tap back into, I think so. Uh, I think it's so hard for us to get started mm-hmm. in um, practice, in whatever mm-hmm. practice that is. Mm-hmm. And practicing to take care of yourself is things that I think most of us struggle with, mm. you know, that we have like we can do for others. But mm. that ellipses of like, I can do for others, but how do I do for myself? Mm. And one way is to 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 do that yeah. um, meditation and taking the time to mm. do that. Um yeah, it's just so valuable. Mm-hmm. So well, and being consistent with it. That's we have to it. be consistent. Right. And we have to set boundaries also. Because, I mean, I had somebody the other day that uh, she came into the shop and I think she was a little offended that I didn't, like, remember her right away. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, and I had to explain to her, like, look, like, uh, like, I'm like, my memory is at the capacity where I have to choose what I'm going to remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sure. It's nothing against you. Like, you just have to refresh me a little bit on it. And right. then I'll remember. But, um, you know, you, you kind of have to tell people, like, you know, well, I'm choosing you know, because you can't mm-hmm. say I can't. Well, I can't remember. No, it's not that I can't remember. I'm choosing to remember the things that I need to remember. And there's a lot to do. Yeah. So, you know, we have to make sure that we set those boundaries, correct people um, when they need to be corrected. Yeah. yeah. And that's I think that's really hard mm-hmm. to do. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I yeah. think it's really hard when you feel as if you've made a mistake uh-huh. and there's another person that you know in their energy or how they're responding or whatever that you've that you've offended them in some way, mm-hmm. but you or or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then you have to talk it's better to talk about it and to acknowledge it mm-hmm. so that you can get past it and through it because it's a training exercise and teaching moment yes right yeah like in that and it's yep. so hard to do but I'm so I'm so glad that you brought that up because mm-hmm. it's those micro yeah. relationship pieces that you know can set a person off for like the right. whole day had you not said anything exactly yeah exactly and then you sit with it and replay yeah. it Right. And then you're like, I should have said this. I should have acted like that. I should have did this. It's like, why why do that to yourself? Right. You know? And then the other side is, why did she not do that? Why did she not uh-huh. know me? Why did she not? Uh-huh. Like, how, how am I? Yeah. yeah. That's part of like filtering what you're going to attract because when when we attract things, we're going to attract good and bad things, but we have to filter out the things that we don't want and setting those boundaries and letting people know like we set the tone for how we want people to treat us, but we also have to set Mm. that tone within ourselves because maybe we're not treating ourselves right either, you know? So being consistent is part of that self-love. It is part of that dedication Um, and you have to... To give yourself that before you go out into this world and try to give it to other people. I think that's really hard. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a skill that we're taught and know how to treat other people, but are really lacking mm-hmm. in treating ourselves in the same way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the right thing to do is the hard thing. So sometimes if you find it hard or challenging, it's not impossible. It's just a challenge. Yeah. But if you if you don't step to that challenge, you're always going to be met with that same test. Always, 
you know, so um, it it is good to it is good to correct. I feel like sometimes people don't even like they don't they're not even aware of their own actions and the way that they might talk to people. Yeah. So you might even be helping them out. Like um, I had a guy bump my car. I was at I was at Quick Trip. <laughs> and I sat in my car because I was like, I, I had an idea and I was like, oh, let me look for this real quick before I pull off. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm here with my idea and my like, you know, like <laughs> my moment. I love it. All of a sudden, like I just hear this loud like boom. And I look and this guy got out of the driver's side of his his truck and smacked my car with his door. What? Yeah. So I got out of the car and I was like, you you hit my car really hard. And I went to go check. He's like, oh, there's nothing there. I was like, that was so rude. So yeah. I get back in the car. I was like, what do I do? Yeah. I'm like, let's think about this. Let's be let's be rash. I was like, you know, like so so then he I waited for until he came back out. When he came back out, I rolled my window down. I was like, excuse me, sir. I was like, you could have apologized. I was like, you could have just said, I'm sorry. I don't see any damage. I'm right. sorry that I, I, I hit your car. Wow. And then he's like, he, he was like, well, he goes, he's, I was like, but the way that you said, oh, I, there's nothing on there. I was like, it, it felt very, like, it felt like you weren't taking accountability for what you just did. You wow. just smacked somebody else's property. And then he was like, well, he goes, it happens all the time. He was like, my car was just smacked the other day. I said, well, I didn't do it. Right. I was like, and if I would have did it, I would have told you I was sorry. Right. And he was like, well, I'm sorry, but, and I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, you, you can start and you can end with that sentence. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to do the but thing. You don't have to give me the reasons of why I'm, I'm making a big deal. I was like, the, the point is, is that this is my property and you, you smacked it with your property. And all you could just say is, I'm sorry I did that. It was an accident. Yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at you for it, but I do feel like you need to apologize to me. So he did. He's like, he looked me in my eyes. Like, he's like, I'm sorry. I was like, thank you so much for apologizing to me. Wow. I was like, now we can go about our day. I hope you have a wonderful day. Wow. Yeah. And that was it. Cause at that point, I'm like, if this man thinks that he can, he, and I'm a woman, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? If you oh, yes. think you can talk to me like that and keep on walking, guess what? I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to wait for you and I'm going to let you know. Correction. <laughs> this woman, yes. you're not going to treat like that. Yes. You know, so um, yeah, it happens. It it happens. I mean, a lot. that is such a valuable yeah. experience. Like for you, like right. I see you shining differently yeah. right in this moment. Uh. But also, <laughs> then like, what did that halted or whatever word you want to throw in there? The, his experience of it, yeah. and then. You know, it sounds like he brought in a previous experience to yours. To me, yeah, to right, me. Mm -hmm. and then you corrected and planted him in the present. Yes. And then he was able to be retaught by yes. you, by a stranger yes. um, in this moment. I mean, holy cats, is that a valuable experience, yes. right? And yes. that, you know, honestly, it's like a huge gift. Like right. you just gave him a big gift. Right. And then he gave you one back. It's yeah. like that is the, the, the pinnacle of like human – <laughs> interactions right. like if there's an issue how do you deal with conflict yeah. how do you address, how do you address it? it and yeah. how do you move through it and uh -huh. that is like perfect uh -huh. and, and a, explains and your values yeah definitely yeah if you didn't value him as a person mm -hmm. you could have walked away you right. could have just driven away right Ooh. That's my father. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I think I think my value for me, my value Sorry. first came to me as like, I know how much I pay for this vehicle every month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My value for me is I know how how hard I work to right. have the things that I have. Okay. So so um and and I did so at at first that's that's where it really came in, but I do feel like when we um have like when we are correcting somebody, eye contact is really important. Yeah. You know, you have to look somebody in their eyes. You know, and I, I know a lot of people nowadays, they're pulling out their phone. They're like, oh, I'm going live. I'm going to go. <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. But no, like I didn't I didn't do any of that. I respectfully I, and, I, and I very firmly said what I wanted. I want you to apologize. To yeah. Me. Right. Yeah. You did. I knew what I wanted. I knew what was going to make me feel better. 
I went on, I went along my day feeling good. I bet. You know, I wasn't bothered anymore that my car got smacked. But if I never would have said anything and I would have just drove away and just went about my day, like how you said, yeah. I would have been sitting in that that feeling of like, I should have said this to that guy. Right. I should have went into the gas station. Right. I should have, you know what I mean? Because if I tap back into those, those emotions, mm-hmm. again, that we as women have to make sure that we... Um, we develop self-control because that's how a lot of things can get messy. You know, I could have made, I could have embarrassed myself I would say there's a lot of messy emotional in. men, oh, by the way, Oh, too, yeah, there but. are. There <laughs> are, yeah, because this man was getting very emotional. Yeah. But that's the thing is that they also carry feminine energy within them. Right. And they don't always have a control over their emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. They like, uh, uh, you know, strength, dominance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I appreciate us unpacking this, like, you know, probably 10 minute interaction into yeah. these micro movements yeah. and micro thoughts, because I think it's really helpful for how we're breaking down things in our own lives. Like, yes. I'm not sure I would have been able to get to the place of what do I want? I want an apology, like to be, to identify it and yeah. not feel so aggressive about it. Uh-huh. Cause I think my approach would have been a little bit fiery, a little bit more fiery, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't then help to de-escalate, de-escalate and connect with yeah. another person. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, I appreciate that you also then kind of broke down that it wasn't just um, the value of that person, but it was uh-huh. the value of like My your things. car and your things and how mm-hmm. hard you worked and that that's sort of like this overarching thing. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not just one thing, yeah. right? It's usually this multiplex of yeah. of um, components to, to right. arrive at something. So – um, so I want to tease more into this just for a second. I yeah, know because this is really interesting and fun to me. But I think because you do such a good job at identifying and clarifying and reflecting for yourself that your cyclical uh, identification wheel or whatever this mm-hmm. is to to experience, you know, reflect in the moment, figure out what I want and um, approach it or or say it is a little bit faster <laughs> and yeah. more grounded than a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I, I and mean, how do you think <laughs> – why and how do you think that is? Yeah, so so this guy was in the gas station for about five minutes. So yeah. I had about five minutes to decide how I was going to go ahead and um, – and, and like you said, like I feel like I, I've gotten so used to doing like spiritual surgery for other people. And what do you mean by that? Spiritual surgery is like um, – because I am a medium and I, I – um, I do offer uh, my services, my um, spiritual services to clients. So um, I have clients every day that I have to kind of like diagnose what's going on in their life and how it got there and how to make it better. And, um, you know, so and then I give them steps to navigate through what they're going through. So I kind of give them like a roadmap. Right. So um, it's become, it's become like, it's become very like, like, you know, natural for me to also do that within myself because I'm a very firm believer is how can you, how can you teach something, preach something or give guidance if you're not following your own. Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. you have to be a representation of the work that you do for other people. And how do you do that for yourself? Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That part is hard. Yeah. That's real hard. Yeah. Because there's a lot that I go, that there's a lot that I've experienced that I've experienced and nobody has known about it. Yeah. um, Until I've gone through it. Then I share the story. Oh, I was going through this. They'll have no idea. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. carried yourself so well, but you were still doing this, but you were still taking care of your clients, but you were still, um, if I don't do those things as a medium, as a spiritualist, um, you know, things for me will get really, uh, it could get really messy because um, spirits don't, we have, we kind of have like, uh, they know when I come into work, they know when it's time, you know, but if I had just completely stepped away from that, 
um, then it can kind of get out of control because they're not necessarily going to leave me alone because they know what they know my purpose here and the way that I help other people. And there's a lot of people that depend on me. So I do kind of have to show up for myself to show up for others. Like exercise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I so I have a responsibility in that I've chosen coming into this life. Um, I chose this responsibility. I took this on. Um, so everything that comes in to try to like throw me off my track, you mm -hmm. know, like I said, on on that yellow brick road, yeah. you're going to run into people that are going to help you along the way, but you're also going to run into people that are going to challenge you along the way. And when you're doing good things for your community and for other people, it happens a lot. But the thing is, is that community leaders are not ever going to come to their community with their problem. They're going to try to fix it and find a solution on their own but then help other people that might be experiencing a similar situation because they now gain the experience to be able to get out of those things right so a lot of my stuff that i go through i know is well i'm experiencing this because there's somebody that i'm going to need to help who's going to go through this so like i said i don't just mm -hmm. show up for myself but i show up for that person that's also going through what i'm going through at that time because i know they're going to need my help Wow. Mm -hmm. That feels very much like centered within a community mm -hmm. as opposed to just centered within yourself. Right. There's a a definite like caretaking element mm -hmm. to I mean I I'm using mothering but fathering. Oh, that no that works perfect. That works perfect. Like for yeah. others like for yeah. yourself for others mm -hmm. and that feels very familial mm -hmm. in its role. Yeah. That, that that's how important it is. Okay. Yes, because and and when you say mothering, like that it resonates so much with me because my guardian Orisha and in my religious practice, we all have a, an Orisha or an angel um, that walks with us in this life. So my guardian Orisha is the mother Orisha, is Yemaya. So a lot of the things that I am meant to do in this life are within that energy. Um, wow. you know, so I, I kind of mother everybody. It don't matter everything from a grown man to a little child. <laughs> I'm big mama to everybody. <laughs> totally. I totally get that energy. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's great. Yeah. I'm, I feel that my mission is to help, um, to help humanity to at least save who I can. Ugh. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. That's why this little 411 <laughs> little short girl's here. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, well, it's like when she saw those apples. You know what I'm saying? Those trees beat them up. <laughs> like, hey, just because they're here don't mean you can come and pick us, you know? And, and that's the thing, too. Sometimes what looks good on another path, it could be the very thing that takes you off of your own. Ugh. <laughs> um, this is In the Act. I'm Erica Hunsinger with here with Nina Soul. We're talking with John about the Yellow Brick Road and there being hills and <laughs> intersections, but also the um, it's like the apples on the tree. The apples on the tree. You said some. You said them's my cherries, right? Which is <laughs> my cherries. Harkening back to my father calling, I interviewed my father and he had a story about picking cherries from this tree and really? so like there's this funny little yeah anyway um f talking about fathering and parenting and like these larger community taking care ofs and i want to get back to the yellow brick road again yeah. and um have you talk a little bit more about if somebody take like just because what did you say just because oh just because it looks good and like because uh, we were talking about the apples just because it looks good and you might be hungry that that thing that looks good could be that very thing that takes you off of your path you know because if we referring back to the movie when they went to go and grab these apples from the trees and trees started beating beating them for taking their apples it's yeah. like you know just because it's here and it looks good. It doesn't mean it's meant for you, and it could be something that takes you off of your path that, you know, who knows what you would have found more down the road, you know? Right. Another thing about that story that is really interesting to me and in that, because um, I recently watched The Wizard of Oz. It was, like, one of my favorite movies growing up. 
is everybody that had helped Dorothy along her along her path on the yellow brick road is like we had these three uh, main characters you know we had the cowardly lion we had the scarecrow and then we had the tin man and all of them were needing something so they all wanted to go with her along the way because they were all going to find something for themselves yeah but through this whole movie now so we got the tin man right that don't got a heart yeah but he cries in the movie yeah he rusts himself up because he cries. You have to have a heart. You have to have emotion to cry. Yeah. The scarecrow, um, what was his thing? His thing was uh, the intelligence. So when Dorothy was captured, he was actually the one that mastered the plan to go in there and get her. Right, right. Intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got the cowardly lion. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, he went in there to go and get Dorothy. He comes running out. Yeah, he was scared. Yeah. <laughs> He went in there to go and get his friend. Yeah. So everybody in the story all had exactly what they needed from the beginning of the movie. And at the end, all they received were these tangible items, a ticking clock for a heart, a diploma for intelligence. and, And what was the other thing? Was that the... The, the cowardly lion. He got a he got a, a medal for bravery oh, and right, courage. The, right. So they all had these things to begin with. Yeah. It's just that they needed something that represented those things in order to for them to feel confident. Because you see, once the the scarecrow got the diploma, all of a sudden he's like the blah blah blah, the blah 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 is the blah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He all of a sudden got the confidence. Right. So. In your journey, in on your life path, feel free to look into things that are going to give you that confidence in knowing I have what I already need. I am this person. Wow. Yeah. That's where we get glamour magic that comes in. We could do a whole nother. <laughs> That's like a whole nother thing. But, you know, you like you, there's, there's things that you can put on for your day that are going to help you to set the tone of whatever energy you're needing. It could be a color. It could be a a metal. It could be jewelry. It could be your nails. It could be it could be so many things. It's it's almost like creating your persona, creating your your aesthetic, putting on your your uh your superhero costume, whatever it is that you want to call it. Right. But those things are you know the the things that you're on this path feeling like you need to discover. You probably already have them. That is such a lovely thing. And I, I love the idea that, that you're talking about these physical manifestations of mm-hmm. these things and putting them around you or putting them on you. And I agree with you. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure people do things all the time like, oh, I'm wearing my grandmother's ring to mm-hmm. this event because then I'm, I'm carrying her with me and she represented X, Y, and Z to me. Or mm-hmm. um, this is my grandfather's tool and this allows me to build my house better too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. even as spiritualists, we have our tools and things that we need to use. I have a like a, a a beaded sash that I have to wear during doing readings, during consultations, because before I had that sash, not and I I didn't know I needed one. Yeah. Um, I had to get uh, an exorcism because I am a medium, so I work with spirits very closely, and there was a spirit that didn't want to leave. So now I have to wear this sash to kind of like to protect myself from spirits entering me. It's okay to communicate with me, but now you're entering me. Now we got to kind of create this little, Barrier. you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, uh, so there's even things that we have to wear as, as spiritualists, as, uh, I'm, I'm an apetepi. So, uh, an apetepi is, um, it's an initiated, uh, I'm initiated in a religion where when I do certain things, I have to wear certain things. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, even even with that, everybody has things that they wear for certain for for certain purposes. Mm-hmm. Crystals, you know, if you mm-hmm. feel like there's an energy that you need is say you're very like fearful of like stepping out of your comfort zone and you want to be more confident and you want to try new things. Get you a piece of carnelian, wear carnelian on you because carnelian carries that frequency. So when you wear it, now you've just tricked the universe because now the universe sees that you're putting out this energy. You know, this energy of confidence, this energy of, you know, courage. And, you know, so you you can tap into energies by wearing certain things. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I also want to touch on the fact that this is is not necessarily mainstream. And for people who are because we're in quite a Mm -hmm. monoculture, Mm -hmm. 
um, in lots of ways mm-hmm. that um, at times I feel seems seems restrictive, even though the the tenets of it are like um, supposed to be open and like. So, what are some inroads or some ways in which people can think or appreciate or res- like have love for you without feeling fearful, like of this these practices and stuff, like how. I don't know if I'm saying that all okay, but no, I I, I think I, it's important. I think I'm I think I get it. So I, I'm a witch as well. So when yeah. I introduce myself, I don't introduce myself with labels. Um, you know, people don't know what I am until I, we get to having like certain conversations, and then I come out about certain things. So there's a way of introducing things to people. I feel like I feel like first I introduce myself. Yes, Nina Soul. Um, even when I explain my business, it's Nina Soul with House of Spiritual Vibes. I don't ever claim myself to be House of Spiritual Vibes. House of Spiritual Vibes is its own, it's its own energy, it's its own entity. We walk sure. together. Yeah, but um, you know, we're not the same person. We're not the same. We're two separate. Yeah. Um. So. I'm able to be Nina Soul without, you know, without having to announce that I'm a witch and I'm an Apetepi and I'm in the religion of Ifa and I'm, you know, people don't know these things until we get to talking about it. But first, I always introduce myself. I always give people the the time to get to know me personally. Yes. Um, Because I do feel like if we, if it was just like, oh, I'm meeting, I'm meeting a witch. Like you already have your assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of what the, what this person does. Especially if you've been raised um, in a religious household, um, you know, a lot of those things come from a programmed way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I don't even let a person tap into that programming of what they think of me. Like, you're going to meet me as a person, um, yeah. you know, get to know me as a person before you make your judgments of who you think I am. Right. Um, yeah. Person-centered, person-first. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you exude love and caring yeah. and kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, and how you talk about the world, you know, having this like mama energy, mama energy you know, yeah. I love that. And <laughs> yeah. that's just so, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like even like when people walk into the shop, like House of Spiritual Vibes, we cater to every spiritualist, uh, every religion, every you know. We're not we're not uh, just for a specific religion, specific spirituality. Um, we're open for anybody, even just people that are just they like crystals. You know, we're right. here for that too. Yep. Um, but I feel like a lot of people come to me when um, you know sometimes people don't. They're like, I don't I don't even know why I came here today, but I just felt like. I needed to be here well they might hear a conversation that takes place um you know and they'll be they'll come up to me later on and be like I really needed to hear that I know you weren't talking to me but I really needed to hear what you said to that person because I feel like that's why I came here was just to hear that right you know so um yeah that's I I feel like uh you know also to being open to answer questions um I'm all for it Yes. Like, like if you have a question in your head, don't try to give yourself an answer. Give me the opportunity to give you an answer. Cool. Yeah. Oh, God, say it again <laughs> yeah. for the people yeah. in the back. Ask yeah. more questions. Ask more questions. Yeah. You know, and um, and and don't make assumptions. Yeah. You know, like that's that's the that's the thing. Don't don't feel like you you know everything about a person or everything. Because even even as being a witch, all witches are different. Mm-hmm. You know, my practice might not be the same as other people's practice. What which means to me might mean something else to other people. Right. Yeah. So the, with me, the word "witch" is a is a is like a title. It's a label, but each letter represents something that each letter represents a way of how we're supposed to uphold ourselves and what we're supposed to show people and demonstrate as a witch. Um, what is yours? <laughs> Mine? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, W is for wisdom. Um, always acting from a place of wisdom, sharing wisdom, um, being teachable is also, you oh, know, part yeah, of. for sure. Yeah. Um, intuition or integrity. Yeah. Uh, truth, honesty, courage. Right. Mm-hmm. Honor. 
Like how you said um, that I mentioned people that have helped me along the way. I feel like a lot of people forget the people that help them along the way once they get to where they're going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just want to sit in where they're at and they they don't even give acknowledgement or um, honor, you know, to the people that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, helped you. Right. You know, there's there's a lot of people that want to want to seem like they're self made. Yeah. Um, you know, and like there was nobody that helped along the way. No, there were people that invested in you. Absolutely. Whether it been time, energy, materials. Absolutely. You know, there's, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Whole host of people I've uh-huh. like <laughs> yeah. helped me on my path for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you know, I think it means a great deal to even reach back out, if even if it's been years, just mm-hmm. like, you know what, I was having tea with my dog, mm-hmm. you know, at four o'clock and suddenly popped into my head when you helped me 20 years ago, you know, find this studio for me or something. Yeah. And that was really meaningful. Just shout out. Thank yeah. you. Hope you're doing good. I think those little, those are like tiny little time gifts mm-hmm. for people. And yeah. and we all need them. Yeah, you, you can't know, be we want to we yeah. want to be seen. Yeah, and share and share. Like it's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't wait till the end yeah. to roll the credits. Yeah. Ah, say. Yep. Yeah. I want to jump back if we can. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, like, how you think creativity has helped to shape your shape where you're at today. I mean, that is such a giant question because mm-hmm. I see it everywhere with you. And I don't necessarily, we don't have to necessarily focus on these like plastic and like recycled materials that you use to create jewelry. But mm-hmm. that is, you know, as a metaphor, even, you know, an analogy of like taking what is excess or thrown away mm-hmm. and choosing them identifying and recreating something is such a beautiful transformation. Yeah. And I guess I I wanted to ask what pieces have been like magnified in your life that feel really transformative. When we're, are, are, so are we talking about pieces or are we know. talking about okay. Um whatever rises up. You know, Five my, minutes, sorry. <laughs> Five minutes. Okay. All right. So, uh, when you ask that, like, I feel, I feel my dad around me a lot. Yeah. Um, so my dad uh, passed a few years ago. When I was growing up, he was the one that, like, we're we would be at the beach and we would go in nature walks and bike rides, and I never seen him look at the time. My dad never wore a watch. Wow. And at, in those days, there weren't like we didn't really there wasn't really cell phones. It wasn't a thing. You know, no. so he would just go and check on people. My dad was also a business owner. He believed in having multiple sources of income. Yeah, um, he was the one that I learned business from. Also, too, because he there was there was one time that stands out to me um, that it was we we're learning about Christopher Columbus in school. Uh, they had made they they had us do a project where we made like these paper feathered things. Yeah. My dad was so mad. We're indigenous. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> my dad was so mad. My dad wanted to know. He asked me. And, and like, with my dad, my dad just, he, he when I was little, is he just seemed so huge and big. And, you know, like, he was just, you know, had this voice. And, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so he's, like, asking me, like, well, what did they teach you? And I, I would get so small. I'm like, they taught me this. And they said, you know. And, like, yeah. you know. So then he starts, like, schooling me on all this stuff that I hadn't heard about the Trail of Tears. Um, you know, all these things. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm going in to talk to you. He went and yelled at my teacher. Wow. Um, because he he got very offended about the feathered. I, I never got to wear my feathered thing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, you know, he he was like, he had retaught, he, he had to reteach me what I was learning. Yeah. So there was what I was learning, what I was being taught, what I was being shown in school. And then there was my dad reteaching me everything because right. he didn't like how I was being taught. And it wasn't the full story. Being it wasn't taught. the full story being taught. It wasn't the truth. Right. And, you know, the, the truthful stories were very, you know, maybe not age appropriate. But my dad didn't believe in sheltering There's always me. a way to teach yeah. it. Yeah. There's always a way to, to truth appropriate yeah. mm-hmm. teachings. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad, uh, like, I feel like he... Um, 
he wanted to set my dad never he he always treated me like i was a boy yeah. Like, uh, you know, he would get me boy clothes. I would get boy stuff all the time. Like, I, he always he always treated me like I was, like, a boy. Um, he didn't want me to be too soft mm-hmm. for the world. So uh, when it came to creating things and not having, um, you know, not having the materials, I feel like he's the one that really helped me to, like, step out the box and to look at things in a different way because the way that you're being shown or the way that you've been taught um, you know, you, you, it's okay to question that because, you know, you might be learning something that somebody else was taught in the way that they were, the way that they learned, it doesn't mean that it's true. So right. I feel like when, I feel like he taught me to kind of look at things in a different way and, and maybe even look at things of like, how can I recreate this? How yeah. can I change this? This is what it looks like right now, but I can, I can do this differently. Wow. You know, so, um, it's huge. Yeah. And he always had me like researching things. You know, if I had a question, he would have me look, you know, try to figure it out. Um, you know, so when uh, when I wanted to start this business, um, I didn't even know if it. I, I knew I wanted to do something uh, because my dad had always taught me that as indigenous people or people of color, um, he for him, he didn't think that it was OK for us to work for other people. Yeah. Because he said that that uh, when we work for other people, they set they set the bracket of how high we can go, how much we can achieve. So he was always like, no, you set your own. You tell you say where you're going to where your achievement is, how high you're going to go. He's like, and as so long as you work for other people, you're always going to be told no. Right. Wow. Yeah. So uh, 2013, I was like, I got to do something. I can't work for other people. My dad told me I have to I have to be a business person. Um, my dad did everything from cons- construction, masonry. He used to um, paint church steeples and he would pull himself up on the ropes to what? get up there he would yeah he my dad would love to climb um he would stand on the ch- on the top of these like church steeples like the very top people thought he was crazy wow but um he was never afraid of heights he um you know, to me he was the strongest man in the world so of course yeah, yeah um but uh that's that's how he you know he he did things he had uh he made jewelry um, he made um, ceremonial like uh, pieces, you know, like the bone beads, the yeah. very long chess pieces mm-hmm. for, um, you know, for ceremonies and stuff. So he he was he did he did everything. He did everything. And, and what I loved about him and what he showed me is that he was not, he was never on anybody else's time but his own. So his time with his kids, there was nobody that was going to call him and tell him, hey, you got to get to work. Mm-hmm. No. His time would be with his kids. If, right. if he was, if we're out on a boat in Lake Michigan, he was in no rush. Right. Because he always said he was his own boss. Wow. Yeah. So I knew that at that age, growing up as a kid, seeing my dad, um, you know, seeing him as an entrepreneur, having multiple sources of income, running multiple businesses. Um, he had a restaurant, he had a, a store that he made jewelry in, he had construction business, he had all these things. Um, and, and he still had time. Like he, he created time, he made time. Like, so anything that I had going on at school, like, you know, the, like, uh, Christmas pageants and mm-hmm. stuff, um, he would go, he would watch, uh, you know, parent teacher conferences or like for him to, um, stand up in, in my class to talk about his businesses. He always made time for those things. Yeah. So I, I just, I knew that as an adult, I wanted to be in control of my time. I wanted to be con- in control of my success. Right. I wanted to set my own bar. Right. Yeah. You have. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you are, because have is in the past and are yeah. is continuing. I'd say. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nina. Yeah, no problem. This has been um, a really beautiful um, sitting in of your values and life and creativity and, and self and, and, um, what you're sharing in the world and we are the better for it. And thank you very much. Thank you.
Um, and how can people get a hold of you if they need to get a hold of oh, you? Oh, so you guys can get a hold of me. Um, I am the owner of House of Spiritual Vibes Botanica LLC here in Sheboygan at 923 Michigan Avenue. You can also contact me by phone at 920-457-4213. I also host the local witches markets here in Sheboygan. So anytime you guys see that there's like an event happening, there's a witches market, that's probably me. Um, and uh, yeah and now you guys can even stay at my Airbnb because I'm now hosting an Airbnb in Sheboygan so those are all the ways you can get a hold of me you can also find me on social media Facebook, TikTok yeah. House of Spiritual Vibes House of Spiritual Vibes everywhere Excellent. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much Yeah no problem <laughs> Huge thanks to Mead Public Library, the fantastic Melissa Prentice, Josh Littner, Annalisa Finca, the Radio Committee, our amazing engineer John Tully, and for the title, Photo and Fabulous, theme music composed and performed by Cooper Deers. In the Act is produced in the studios at Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. More information on the web at meadpl.org.